Well, the doubt is dispersing. The naysayers are dying off because at this point, you can't help but recognize whatever you believe in, wherever you stand on the issue, that the UCLA football team is, in fact, turning things around in a big way with a three-game winning streak to show for. And with that, we welcome you in to a Monday edition of Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. You know where you can find me on Twitter, at Brian Fenley. That is Brian with a Y. You can, of course, email the show, LockedOnBruins at gmail.com, and you can hit that subscribe button. And the more this team wins, the more momentum we see these guys accrue, the more we get as far as listenership. So another thank you to the football team for beginning to get their act together here as we hit the final home stretch of the regular season. So with the win on Saturday, a 31-14 beatdown against the Buffaloes, we are going to have a full recap of the game, point out offensively where the Bruins thrived, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, his running game, his ability to lock on with his receivers, his precision taking it to the next level, and the running game continues to dazzle another 100-plus yard rushing game for Joshua Kelly. And so the two-headed monster of the rushing and passing game is really on full display here for the Bruins, who scored 17 unanswered points to start this game in the first quarter. And then I want to talk about the defense, and we'll wrap up the show with that, from Chris Barnes in his resurgence to the mega outing he had against the Buffaloes to Darnie Holmes really playing into form and his ability to shut down the Buffalo's top receiver in LaVisca Chenault. So tons to talk about on defense along with offense. But before we go further, I got to say, and I love to point out real-life metaphors for football stuff. So, you know, finding analogies, right? So this sudden turnaround for this Bruin football team because granted they were one and five not too long ago and now they're four and five and so when I think about how to explain this sudden makeover if you will that this sudden change I think about you know what it was like going through puberty you, you never know when it's going to happen right like you never thought maybe or you never knew when this Bruin turnaround was going to happen and then all of a sudden it's here and it gives you no warning. I mean, you were one in five. You lost to Oregon State. And the fan base was so harsh on the defense and its lack of, of stopping anybody, particularly on the back end. And now the defense is looking like a, a championship contender in the Pac-12. And it's amazing what just a couple weeks can do to do that. And so it kind of reminds me of like when I went through puberty and one day, in one sentence, you know, I was talking with a high pitch, and then all of a sudden, mid-sentence, I have a deep voice. And I wasn't planning it, it just happened. Kind of like how this UCLA football team is starting to click, and the wins are coming together. So obviously, we look at the three-game winning streak. And that has not happened for the Bruin football team in four years. I mean, can you think about that? Just three wins. That has not happened in four years. And I had a, uh, I don't know if he's a fan of the show, but he follows the show. He, before the game, he's definitely a Colorado Buffalo fan because he had the football stadium in his profile picture on Twitter. And he, he, he kind of, I don't know, chided me a little bit about my assessment of the Buffalo's rush defense. 
before the game. And he said, hey, look, your your assessment is superficial. Our defense is going to shut down this Bruin running game. I didn't say anything because I don't want to jinx anything. But I haven't heard from him since because that rush defense looked pretty inept to me and even non-existent. And I'm not one to rub it in. I don't do that. I just let what happens happen and let that speak for themselves. So, again, a lot of people are starting to figure this out, that this Bruin football team, this is not some one-hit wonder anymore, that when you string together wins like this, you can use one excuse like, oh, they played Stanford, it was a third-string quarterback. Oh, it was Arizona State. And look, these are these are viewpoints that are I'm not the first one to, to pick out. But you play Arizona State, you win then, oh, you're playing a freshman quarterback. Well, Colorado had a fifth-year senior as a quarterback, and you're still winning. So you know, you run out of excuses to explain the the winning ways of UCLA. And at one point, you just have to accept, like, look, this team is, in fact, turning it around, and there's no denying that. And, and part of the big reason for that is, is, like I said, the rushing attack. Just been dominant. It, it had 200 yards on the ground against the Buffaloes, and that is the fifth straight game that UCLA has had at least 200 yards on the ground in a game. Now, they haven't had that many since 1978. They have not had at least five straight 200-plus yard rushing games since 1978, just to show you how far this team has, has come around. And as we spotlight the offense first, how about the, the beginning of this game for UCLA and the fact that they absolutely blowtorched the Buffalo's defense? I'm looking at the stats. I know you saw these too. First quarter stats for the Bruins. They gained 201 yards of offense in the first quarter against the Buffaloes. Can you guess how many the Buffaloes had? How about 20? And UCLA, at the end of the first quarter, was leading 17 to nothing. And so much of that was Dorian Thompson-Robinson absolutely so efficient in this game. And there was a point in this contest where he had completed 14 of 16 passes. And two of those were not misthrows on his part, but they were drops. He had one from Devin Asiasi and Greg Dulcich as well. So there is just a, as much of a say that he could have been perfect through 16 throws if those guys hang on to the, hang on to the balls. And so when, when Darnay Holmes was asked about Dorian Thompson-Robinson's efficiency... He said, truthfully, he did it himself. He had to look himself in the mirror and make sure he wasn't cheating himself. Each and every day he came through and acknowledged what his faults were. And I got to tell you, that pass to Ethan Fernia, the 45-yard touchdown throw to find the former walk-on in the end zone for the first quarter touchdown, basically summed up how much better DTR is as far as a, as a precision thrower, as far as a confident thrower, and I mean that was just a perfectly thrown ball, and how fun it must have been for Ethan Fernia to to reel that in for his first career touchdown. Devin Asiasi caught a touchdown in the first quarter. There was also the J.J. Molson field goal, and the Bruins scored 
on their first three possessions to take a 17-0 lead. And then you had Joshua Kelly get in the mix with two touchdowns of his own later on in the game. And we're going to speak in large detail about Joshua Kelly's outing, but particularly on what Josh Kelly said about Dorian Thompson-Robinson after this game. He said, quote, he's maturing over these past weeks, and he's definitely a lot more comfortable. This is great because he works extremely hard, and it's awesome to finally see him come out there and just start throwing those dimes. He has the talent. He has the gift. So we support him fully, and it's great to see a guy like that do well. And then to take what Chip Kelly said about Dorian Thompson-Robinson after the winning against the Buffaloes, he said that every single game, he said it's fascinating to watch. Dorian Thompson-Robinson continues to pad on and play better every single game. And you can see it from his comfort level. You can see it from his command of the offense, from, again, his accuracy, from his ability to read and not panic, from his ability to, to run more. And he had some nice runs that picked up first downs for the Bruins in this game as well. So you're just seeing the, the full arsenal on display here. And, and like I said, because he's he didn't play a lot in high school, right? He, he played one year. He was, a, he was a starter as a quarterback for one year in high school. Coach Kelly talks about getting Dorian Thompson-Robinson more at-bats, obviously more reps, and as he is getting them, my word, what a transformation. And there was no doubt that from the player standpoint that they thought Dorian Thompson-Robinson had this capability. But we're starting to see what all the hype was around Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and he has got so much more to get better at, given the fact that he's already blossoming. Coming up in our next segment, Joshua Kelly, how he played and why he continues to punish defenses. Can we just take a moment to revel in the greatness that is Joshua Kelly? I mean, once again, absolutely runs rampant against the Buffaloes. Had 126 yards rushing on 23 carries, had two touchdowns, and it is now the fourth game this season where he's had at least 100 yards on the ground and multiple touchdowns. How about that? So... What a season he is having. The 35-yard touchdown run at the end of the game, sealing it against the Buffaloes by Joshua Kelly. And you cannot say enough about that left side of the offensive line and Duke Clemens and Sean Ryan. I mean, those guys are growing up in a humongous way, maturing beyond their, their time. I mean, it's amazing. They're both only freshmen, and they have done an absolute stand-up job opening up things on that left side and it is just so fun to not only watch what Joshua Kelly can do but the growth and maturity from that offensive line particularly on that left side with those two freshmen it is so exciting to see and you know this was again a, a testament to the offensive line who you were watching absolutely manhandle the the Buffalo's front I mean it, it was no question and yeah, the Buffaloes got to DTR occasionally, but for the most part, Dorian Thompson-Robinson had a lot of clean pockets to work with, and the offensive line opened up a lot of running lanes for Joshua Kelly, and good on him because most of his, his breakout runs came at the end of the game, so he stayed patient, and like it was pointed out, you know, he would accrue four or five-yard runs and just kind of stayed in there looking for that, that breakout run, which he was able to get in the fourth quarter and put him over the 100-yard rushing plateau once again. 
you know, as far as our defense, it has been customary for us to give up, you know, at least 300 yards passing a game. You know, that, that's what we were used to early in the season. But how far different we are now. And you, you got to give it up for Jerry Azanero, defensive coordinator, who just a couple weeks ago, the fans, the temperature, they were heated. They were not happy about what was going on in the secondary and that we were giving up too many explosive plays and that our DBs were playing too far off of wide receivers. And it was just that the opposing teams were having field days. But all of a sudden, the pass defense has really taken it to the next level. And how about a pass rush? We have been wanting a pass rush, a a competent pass rush for years. And it's finally starting to show up. And when that happens, isn't it funny how the pass defense plays better? It's just amazing how that happens because obviously both of them are connected. From the defense bringing the pressure on Steven Montez, there were four sacks, another seven tackles for a loss. Steven Montez looked just out of sorts out there, 21 of 38, passing under 200 yards. This is a, a redshirt senior who Coach Kelly called one of the best passers in the Pac-12. You know, and he looked a shell of himself. I'll be honest with you. I know you saw this as well. And you know who also looked a shell of himself? LaVisca Chenault. Now, this is just uncharacteristic play for him. Three catches, 16 yards. He's arguably the best wide receiver in the Pac-12, and he did not look anything like it in this game because a game ago, he had over 100 yards receiving, nearly 200 yards receiving, and it was just he was hounded all game. And a lot of that was due to the resurgence of Darney Holmes on defense. Chip Kelly pointed this out in the press game press press conference. He said that, quote, I thought Darnay Holmes did a great job when he was ISO'd on him 101. But also when you get to the quarterback and you force the ball out a bit quicker, that helps. But it was a team effort and not one person shuts him down. Speaking of UCLA players shutting down the Buffaloes, how about Chris Barnes? Had a sack and a half in this game, had the interception where he read the eyes very well of Steven Montez, and then on the ensuing UCLA drive, they score a touchdown. They go up 17-0 in the first quarter, and it was not only Barnes, it was Oso Digizua getting in the mix. He got a sack, and it was great third-down defense for UCLA as they kept forcing the Buffaloes to punt, and all in all, UCLA had four sacks and seven tackles for a loss, and quietly, Stefan Blaylock, Stephen Blaylock has led the Bruins in tackles for the third straight game, but this defense absolutely manhandling the Buffaloes, and who would have thought, yeah, who would have thought this would have been the case Oh, I don't know, say four weeks ago. So that leads us to the big question. What has happened to invoke such a dramatic change on defense for UCLA these last couple weeks? And Chip Kelly was asked, was there a change in approach? Did you alter your aggressiveness on defense? And he said, quote, no, that's the great part. We've called the same things that we called earlier in the year. He just felt that we're executing and our players are really doing it. Haven't changed much in terms of the base or the calls. You look at the percentage of blitzes, he said, and they're about the same now as they were at the beginning of the year. 
So from a number standpoint, he said a lot is the same. He just points out that they're executing now. And, and with that said, you had Chris Barnes who, who, who pointed out that during the first bye week, that open date leading into the Stanford game, there was this general consensus around the team that there was a wake-up call after the loss to Oregon State that they needed to play quicker, they needed to get more tenacious out there, and I think it showed on defense against the Cardinal, and they've kind of kept that with them the rest of the way. And then Dorian Thompson-Robinson was also asked about the the defense and the, and the improvements, and he said all, all the credit goes to Coach Azanero and the staff, really simplifying it out there for those guys. See that they are playing with more confidence. You can see the guys are making more plays and are being put in a position to make plays. And said, I'm really happy for those guys. We're going to finish up talking about this defense in just a moment. But first, with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to getroman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Just to put into perspective the change in what is going on defensively by evidence, by the stats, the first six games this year for UCLA, they were averaging, they were giving up about 38 points per game. Since the win against Stanford and the ensuing three-game winning streak, UCLA is only surrendering about 20 points per game. And against Colorado, they allowed only 14, which is the lowest in a game for Chip Kelly at UCLA. That's that's saying something, right? That's so, that's showing growth, that's showing progression, and we're going to get a really tough test after this bye week, which is coming up this week. We're going to take on Utah, and so we have the bye week here, and Coach Kelly is calling this improvement week, but Utah is currently in first place in the Pac-12 South. UCLA is second. If they win all three of their games, they've got a berth into the Pac-12 championship. If UCLA wins two of their last three, they're going to make a bowl. But right now, the focus is on Utah, and it's at Salt Lake City. They have just announced the kickoff for this game. It's going to be at 5 p.m. Pacific on Fox TV. And you know how hard it is to win in Salt Lake City. You also know how hard their defense plays. And they're right in the elite in the country in total defense in stopping the run. So I like the placement of this bye week because it's going to give the Bruins more time to hash out what Utah is doing. But Utah has absolutely been on a tear. There is a long shot that they could actually make the, the college football playoff. But obviously, they would have to win out. And UCLA wants to play spoiler here and wants some revenge after losing by a large margin against the Utes at the Rose Bowl last year. But we're going to have much time to break down UCLA in terms of how they match up against the Utes because of this looming bye week. The the football team, they're not going to have a media session until Wednesday. But the basketball team has their first regular season game on Wednesday for UCLA. And we're going to break down more about this upcoming matchup, which they have against Long Beach State on tomorrow's podcast, because today the Bruin team is speaking to the media. So coming up tomorrow 
on Locked on Bruins. Not only will make room for football, obviously, on the show, but because the basketball team is starting out and their regular season kicks off at Poly Pavilion on Wednesday against Long Beach State, we've got to spend some time digesting what the players and Coach Cronin says on Monday during the media session. So, again, who would have thought this Bruin football team would go from 1-5 and five to 4-5? and five? I know Coach Kelly knew he could do it. I know the players knew he could do it. Now the outsiders are starting to believe and how cool it is to see that the hard work and all of the attention to detail is starting to pay off. Appreciate you guys once again spending part of your day listening to this podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family. How about those Bruins? And we will talk more in length about them tomorrow. I'm Brian Fenley.